Welcome to Watershed's February podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the cinema curator here at Watershed. You may or may not know that we partner on a number of MA courses with the University of the West of England. There are MAs in contemporary film culture, creative producing and curation. One of the informing principles behind the partnership is to give students experience of professional practice and bring together theory and practicalities. It is an exciting initiative and for me informed from my own personal experiences. I finished a film studies degree way back in the 1980s, expecting a job in the film industry, then found myself in London as a security guard. When I did fortunately manage to get a job in the industry, as it is known, it was as a film programmer at Plymouth Art Centre. I had no idea what a film programmer was, or for that matter, where Plymouth was. The key line in the job description that jumped out at me was that the person must be passionate and knowledgeable about film. I remember in the interview enthusiastically talking about films I had recently seen. As the name would suggest, the job also involved working with a gallery, and again I enthusiastically talked about film and relationship with art. So it came to pass, they took a leap of faith and gave me the job. I remember my first day in the office. It was a small office with barely enough room to pull the seat out from the desk. On the desk was a phone. This was well before mobile technology. A grid for the following month, a list of names and telephone numbers and a pencil. I was to start booking the films from distributors. I hadn't learned anything about distributors at the film course at college, nor had it been explained how films actually get into cinemas. That cinemas have bookers, an industry term, whereas the more art-inclined world call them programmers and now curators. And these people do deals with distributors to get the distributors' films at a price into their cinema. This was all news to this wet-behind-the-ear film graduate I might have known about Kai the cinema, but I most certainly did not know how a film found its way into a cinema. There was also the small matters of booking couriers, letting projectionists know what was arriving when. A few weeks later, a hefty metal box would arrive with six spools of 35mm film. As I said, this was pre-digital, which the projectionist would make up into bigger spools for each projector. And so it was that I started booking films into Plymouth Art Centre and a career in the film industry began. For the record, the first film I booked was Peter Greenaway's Drowning by Numbers. This experience, or rather lack of it, has stuck with me. As I have begun to have more contact with university film courses from a distance of 30 plus years in the professional film world, I could see the potential of combining academic expertise with Watershed's practical industry as well as curatorial experience. Thus, with some satisfaction, if not a big bit of pride, the various MAs we are currently running. Clearly things have changed over time. The most dramatic is the impact of digital throughout the film industry. Where films used to arrive in metal boxes weighing upwards of 30 or 40 kilos, depending on the length of the film, they now arrive on a hard drive to be ingested into the computer. Even more so now, the projectionist simply clicks a link in an email and the film downloads directly onto the server to be projected by another click of a mouse. There still needs to be the deal with the distributor, that hasn't changed. 
but much else has. I don't wear rose-tinted glasses when it comes to film v digital. You have to be pragmatic running in a cinema in a digital era. The film versus digital argument is over. However, it's always interesting showing the students round Watershed's projection box. Unlike a lot of cinemas, we never got rid of our 35mm or indeed 16mm projection kit. Again, not out of nostalgic cinema paradiso sentimentality, but because I knew that there are archive prints we would never be able to screen where we to bin the projectors. Plus, regardless of the industry's ruthlessness, there are still 35mm prints around. So when the students look round the box, they are stopped in their tracks by the two 35mm projectors in Cinema One. They are a commanding size and also good Italian design. When you talk through the mechanism of how film projectors work, how the film runs through and is held static for one twenty-fourth of a second, there is something deeply engaging, tangible, meaningful and magical about the reproduction of a series of static images which results in a continuous moving image. And here is the digital projector, I say, a large black box and a computer that sends the files. They invariably want to go back to the 35mm projector. I also mischievously point out that the 35mm projectors were made in the 1950s and still run. The digital will be obsolete in five years, I point out. As I say, I'm not a foolish romantic. The dead hand of the digital image is here to stay. The audience is already primed. The fundamental difference between the digital and the film image is that digital is rock solid. There is no movement of the frame itself. Obviously within the frame, things are moving, but the, the projected frame stays still, whereas the film image will always have a slight movement to it, a slight bob and weave on the screen. However small or large depends on a number of factors, but it is a mechanical machine that the film is running through, so there will always be slight movements of the frame itself. That's before we even get into the chemical image versus digital. So when a non-digital image now is screened to audiences without them knowing about it, there will usually be a complaint about the mo this movement of the frame. But when we advertise a film will indeed be screened on celluloid, this sparks a lot of interest. In a way, it parallels the rise of vinyl. There is something specific about the analogue experience. The digital image, like MP3, to me is fundamentally inert. It reproduces sound and image, yes, but there is no life. There is a detached coldness, whereas the celluloid chemical image, there is a fundamental rich tonal warmth, like vinyl. Now obviously the extent of either the inertness of digital or the warmth of film depends on who is using the equipment and the stock or attention to the digital tools. When it comes to film, there can be no more champion and exquisite user of the medium than Paul Thomas Anderson. His new film, Phantom Thread, opens on the 2nd of February and throughout the month, we are showing a retrospective of his work that are available in 35mm. Come and see the warmth and life that is the chemical alchemy of Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood and Inherent Vice. And be thankful that we never got rid 
of those 1950s Italian film projectors. That's all for this month. <laughs>